Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me today in studio, got Ricardo Benavides. Ricardo, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me today, buddy. I'm happy you were able to make it. I, I invited Brandon to come. Couldn't make it. You know what so. it is? It's first day of rain in the last 17 days. We had a 17-day dry streak, and you know... He's, he's a delicate flower. He can't get out there and get wet. So Yeah, yeah, he melts in the... He's too sweet. He melts in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, he, uh, I texted him last night, and he didn't, didn't respond. And I was like, what the hell? And then finally this morning, he was like, uh, I can't do it till like, 4. Oh. And I was like, yeah. well, that's going to be too late. Ricardo's driving an hour to get here for this thing. You live 10 minutes down the street. Yeah, and I picked Christ up my sakes. son. I picked up my son so I could uh, have a little company on that long journey down here. Yeah, today. man, I know. We tried to talk Anthony to get into getting on the microphone, but he, he didn't No, he he's didn't a little gun shy. He's a little gun shy. He well, says, I've, I've been doing enough selling all day. I've been on the phone all day. I can't do it. We'll get him on one of these days. Yeah, uh, yeah so, um, you know, we have a great guest today joey thompson um i'm I'm excited to for everybody to hear this interview i thought it was pretty great he he lives over in the uk he's a he uh, competes in strongman competitions which i didn't even know they had like uh you know i don't know what you want to call it a disabled uh category of of competing in that or uh adaptive um sports yeah it's it's the adaptive uh league of of uh strongman competitions which is awesome they like i got like lost on youtube watching that for i just went down the rabbit hole for like two hours watching these guys compete and they they bust their ass man it's crazy oh yeah 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 it is well i mean there are some people that compete that don't have any arms right, right? and or they only have one arm and no legs and yeah yeah it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing man i used to love watching that stuff like i mean i never i didn't know they had a uh a disabled you know portion of the competition back in back when i was a kid though i remember watching magnus ver magnuson like pull a freaking semi truck across a football field or something and it, it was wild, man. Like you'd see, it would be on every summer uh, on ESPN. They would show it. It was crazy. So. Yeah, he'd have that belt on, strapped around his waist, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then he'd get that first push, and all of a sudden, once they got it, it going, yeah. man, there, yeah, yeah, it was crazy, just crazy. But yeah, Mag, and like I don't even know how. I, I always just remember the name Magnus for Magnuson, and then he brought that up too. That that's kind of the um now the world championships are going to be i think in orlando in september and so he's actually joey's trying to raise money to you know get out here uh to the united states for that competition so we're really hoping that he you know hopefully you know we can get some some donations for him and and get things uh yeah via his uh gofundme page yeah yeah so it's it's uh and i'll i'll post his instagram and everything so you can you can check the link uh for that gofundme in his uh in his account there on instagram so yeah um, so um you know he's a totally different kind of guest than you've had on before right it's true man and um you know his uh, disability uh even though he's um paralyzed it's because of lyme disease Right, which I I had never heard of. Yeah. I d- 
didn't even know that was a thing. I did not know that either. I, mean, I know Lyme disease is a serious thing, and there's like very little money going. To well, that, I thought to I thought, research on that. Yeah, I thought it was something like you would have uh, maybe some effects like MS. I I just remember, you know, hearing that it, you know you'd lose some muscle tone and stuff like that. But I'd never ever thought about what he's been through. Right. Yeah. So he got you know in high school got bit by a tick. Because I think that's how you yeah. get Lyme disease, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, bit by a tick during kind of a, I guess, to like graduate a- high school, you, you do some kind of uh, outdoors, uh, I don't even know what exactly you would call it, but they were out. So him and his friends were out training for this um, kind of outdoors mission they have to do to, to get, get through their high school Sounded some, something similar to like a Boy Scout weekend. Kind right. Of, yeah. And so, yeah, and he got bit and got really sick, he said, initially, and then um, didn't have any any kind of symptoms for years afterwards. Right. And then at like 18, 19 years old, so, you know, started getting really weak, thought he'd thrown his back out, you know, laying on the ground in an awkward position, playing video games. Um, and then just, yeah, it kind of spiraled down from there. And I don't want to give away too much, and we'll definitely uh, get to the interview here in a minute to let him tell the story. But I mean, what? Yeah, it's it, it. It just goes to show you, you know, no two spinal cord injuries are the same, right? Yeah, or where the source of it comes from. And and the thing is, is that um, you know, the um, to be competing in a strongman competition. After what he's been through, and just like you, on the edge of life and death, it's a pretty amazing story. Yeah, so. no, I couldn't agree more. He's yeah, it's a marvel, man, what yeah. he's doing after what he's been through, and um, you know, he talks. Yeah, he just tells the whole story about you know being in. He was in college when it happened. He was luckily he was able to stay in college and and yeah. kind of finish things up there. Um, yeah, just. Yeah, he's got an amazing spirit and just kind of drive to keep going. And, and well, let's get to it then. Definitely a breath of fresh air. But yeah, let's we'll get to it right now, and we will talk to you guys on the other side. Sounds good, Jeremy. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, I'm so excited to be able to visit with our 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 guest today, uh, Joey Thompson known as the Viking. Uh, he is Britain's fourth strongest disabled, disabled athlete. Uh, he is a Lyme disease survivor and a T10 functional paraplegic. Joey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this one. So, you know, for anybody that doesn't already know, you know, we, we talk a lot about spinal, this, this podcast obviously is, is really geared towards spinal cord injuries, but also, um, you know, people dealing with paralysis. And so you, um, didn't have the typical kind of, uh, story that a lot of us do, like getting in a car accident or a gunshots, you know, victim or something like that. Um, talk, talk a little bit about, I guess the Lyme disease that you, you, uh, dealt with and then and how that led to uh to your paraplegia so yeah it was it was really rough um rough condition to have so when i was uh 14 in the uk we have this uh award which we can do whilst we're at school called the duke of Edinburgh award 
um, which basically involves uh, the level I was doing it, which was a silver, involves a three, four day hike. Um, so obviously I was out in the woods, I was out in fields a lot, like training for it. And I, um, one morning I just woke up and I had this like, the like this weird bite on my leg. And I, at the time we didn't realize it, but I had the classic bullseye rash. And throughout the day, I just got iller and iller. And I was getting to the point where I was like throwing up and I could taste like blood in my mouth. Um, I had that for 24 hours and it all disappeared uh, which we didn't realize at the time was Lyme's disease going into my uh, bloodstream and going dormant it then didn't act up until I was 18 um, of which I had a very minor back injury which was I just over rotated my back and just herniated one of my discs ever so slightly so it just touched my spinal cord um usual thing when they did the scans it was like oh it's you just got you just got a slight a slight back injury um two weeks of bed rest and take painkillers when you need them and it should all clear up but for me that didn't happen I just progressed and slowly I lost feeling in one of my legs and then um when I and then in the February the following year um I I basically just collapsed and I couldn't move my legs couldn't feel my legs um so went into hospital they thought I had something like meningitis so they were immediately like testing for absolutely everything there was I was probably in an MRI scanner about 10-15 times and um yeah they just they couldn't find anything so they were like oh well we don't know what's happening it wasn't until two years later um we managed to persuade my doctor to send me to a rare and tropical diseases unit and we showed the photographs from when I was 14 and they were like yeah this is this is Lyme's disease it's a very rare form um, which I've got but yeah it's it's a it's a it's an absolutely horrible disease to have just because it's it affects so much of you like your immune system your brain chemistry and unfortunately for me my um, ability to use my lower body Wow. that That's, yeah, I, I had never, um, you know, before I kind of read about your story, uh, I never even realized, I mean, I've heard of Lyme disease before, but I don't really, you know, I'm not super familiar with it. Um, and, and yeah, I, I had no idea it could, could cause paralysis in certain situations as well. Um, yeah. so, so when you're, when you're 18 and you, you have this back injury flare up and they just tell you, you know, go on bed rest for a couple of weeks are you like not able to move at all at this point like your lower body at all at this point or is it just like very painful or um it was how does it yeah how does it progress to where you're you know uh t10 paraplegic i guess like well what was that like the loss of function and whatnot it it was it was so there was two significant things it was like because I, I was the typical sort of teenager. I, you know, would play Call of Duty or Halo for hours on end and I'd have my back in a bad position. So I'd constantly, you know, get back pain. But this was the worst back pain I'd ever experienced. And the reason being was because the line was just systematically attacking my left, my spinal cord. Um, so it was, it was very weird. It was like, 
just back pain, very, very kind of reluctant to move anything, very reluctant to kind of sit up or get stand up. And then when I, um, I'd then wake up one morning and I wouldn't be able to feel like part of my foot or I wouldn't be able to feel something in my thigh. And, you know, I'd call, call my doctor, call, um, we've got a non-emergency line in the UK, um, which is like, you get through to the ambulance, but it's like, it's for, if you've, if you woke up and you think, oh, if you've got something and you don't think it's worth an ambulance coming out, you can call this line. So I was calling them and they were thinking like, okay, that doesn't sound right. Maybe go to the hospital and get checked out. Hospital was saying, oh, it's, um, you're, you're in university, you've drank too much last night or, um, or I've slept on it funny, but it was just, these patches never came back and it progressed to the point where I wasn't able to balance and I had to actually start using a walking cane. And as I, each day went on, I was putting more and more pressure onto this walking cane. And um, it, it was it was to the point as well, like I couldn't feel my foot. Then when I tried to like walk, my knee wasn't responding properly. My foot wasn't coming off the ground as I was walking. And then it was, um, I remember the night so clearly. It was, I lived a two or three minute walk away from my university at the time it took me an hour and a half to do that walk and when I got through the door um one of my flatmates saw me and I pretty much just fell forward and she was like she just immediately was like something's wrong called 999 they sent a unit out um they sent a unit out to come and assess me um they were then were like okay this this isn't right um you haven't been hit by a car we don't exactly know what's happening um my dorm room at the time then got put into into uh quarantine because all the things pointed to something going wrong um neurologically and um the the biggest telltale thing was meningitis at that point so they were like okay there's been an outbreak here um and yeah that was a very very scary night being told potentially suffering from meningitis right and and that's super mm. contagious so they that's why yeah. they, they quarantined everyone wow um yeah. and so so the flare-up at 18 that kind of triggered everything that it so it just slowly progressed until age 20 when they finally were just it was to the point where and is that when you had to start using a wheelchair to um i had started using a wheelchair pretty much straight away um i was i was in hospital for about two weeks and after they just basically had gone through everything the neurologist i was under kind of gave up it was like the he was sat he came into the ward i was on and he basically was like look i don't know what's going wrong with you um i think the best thing is i discharge you and we see what happens so was sent home at that point I was on a walking frame but I wasn't walking on it I was like trying to lock my legs and then like letting myself fall forward a little bit catching my weight and then straightening myself back up to kind of um kind of do almost like a sort of leg drag sort of thing and um it was eventually to the point where we had a um um trying to think what the name for them is they basically they it's like a nurse that comes over and visits you when you come out of hospital and she was like no i'm i'm ordering you a wheelchair because you can't be moving around like that so do they you know typically when you 
suffer a spinal cord injury, um, you know, we go through, you go through rehab, um, you know, learn how to kind of deal with this. Like, were they able to, you know, give you any, did you go through a rehab situation um, with with this after you kind of got to the point where you were yeah using a wheelchair and everything? Uh, not straight away because, because I wasn't in the category of you've broken your spine. Um, they didn't know how to treat me. So I was offered six half hour physiotherapy sessions and to which was probably about as helpful as a chocolate teapot. Um, but yeah, they offered me those six sessions and then they said, oh, you can go back to your GP and um, reapply for it. Um, of which the way things are in the uh, UK at the moment, physiotherapy sessions, you're waiting about eight months for a consultation and then it will be they'll offer about six or seven sessions so I didn't get any help initially um I was very lucky in the sense of my dad uh used to be a firefighter I'm not sure if you've got this over uh, over in America but um we have a um we have a charity which is connected to the fire service called the benevolent fund and they were able to um they have treatment centers all over the country, but specifically for injured firefighters and their families. So I was able to go through them and they kind of sat down with me and they figured out, okay, you can't do this, but we can, we can try this. We can try hydrotherapy. We can try, um, we can try you on, uh, motor meds. We can try you on, uh, kind of, um, assisted sort of like yoga positions to try and restrain my spine out. They were so helpful with, dealing with everything oh that's that's great that you were able to to utilize that um you know what what was it like i guess you know once you have to start using the wheelchair are you able to stay in your your same i don't know if you're in like a dorm setting um at the while you're in college or what what the situation was or if you had to like go into a special uh you know find like a adaptable uh housing or how did that all work for you so luckily my university a few years before me had had uh, someone with cerebral palsy um in so um they they had made a flat which was wheelchair accessible like lowered counters wider doors larger rooms so they very quickly moved me into one of those when i returned to university and um which was great it was like you know wet room rather than just a shower cubicle um and there was literally me and only one other roommate as well so like the kitchen never got crowded so i was able to live pretty uh, self-sufficiently oh that's great that's really good um so you know i know i, I really want to get into the the strongman stuff that you're doing now as well um and being britain's fourth uh strongest disabled athlete like so were you pretty athletic prior to to suffering this, um, you know, the, I guess, injury, the the kind of uh, Lyme disease triggering this injury a little later in life? Like, were you a big athlete at that point or? Um... Um, I wouldn't say I was an athlete. I had desires to do um, London Marathon, but um, not per se realistic 
desires um i i'd go out running i'd i'd occasionally go to to the gym or I'd go swimming um it kind of took me going it it kind of took me going through that to realize that okay so my health isn't in the best state um i might need to start thinking about doing stuff and i originally did uh wheelchair rugby for a little bit okay and um and i was playing that just because that was one of the sports that was near my university there was a team there so i played with them for a little bit um but then um after leaving university i didn't really i didn't really maintain sort of doing sport um it actually took um in 2020 um during the lockdown i unfortunately got a uh, sepsis which was a uh, sort of um it was a subcategory of with lyme um because lyme attacks your immune system as well so my immune system doesn't work too well so i had a horsefly bite um which basically erupted into an abscess which then spread up and down my leg and i uh, got to the point where i had a uh, a pretty severe bleed and had to go into hospital for a month with uh gangrene septicemia um and whilst i was in hospital um it was there were points where it was particularly the first night when i was in it was you're definitely going to we're probably going to need to take your leg off um and it's there's about 50-50 whether you'll make it through the night or not um i luckily started responding to the antibiotics and um got kind of regenerated and the person who kind of woke up from having sepsis was someone who had more drive had sort of better ambitions had better sort of thoughts for his future um one of the things the doctors kept saying around me was that i was weak and i made a promise to myself that day that i would never be considered weak ever again that's awesome uh real quick before we dive more into this strongman competition so it, it... Is Lyme disease, is this going to like be something you're going to deal with for the rest of your life now? Like just with the immune system yeah. stuff and yeah. Yeah, probably. It's, um, there's so little known about it. Right. Um, we're kind of where, where I live in the UK, we're, we're in a epicenter of it and, um, there's high concentration around here, but because it manifests differently in every single person. So for example we had a um on the English rugby team there was a player who was all fit and healthy and then it he got Lyme disease but it went to his heart he ended up needing a heart transplant um as a result of it so because there's so little known and I've got one of the rarer forms of it we're not sure whether I can get better or um if I'll be having all of these symptoms or if it will progress further they're pretty sure it won't because I've got for Ever since they purged it out of my system, I've not shown any sort of trace of Lyme in my system. So I'm hoping I've seen the back end of it and just the immune system problem and the paralysis is the only thing which will be carried forward. Okay. And then that that was going to be my next question. Do they, do they think that it could progress further as far as, um, you know, paralyzing you further at all with like, you know, less function? But you, you say they think that, that it's just kind of where it's at is where it's going to stay at yeah yeah they they said i might get better i might not get better they they really can't give a definitive answer with it gotcha gotcha 
Um, okay, well, yeah, back to the the this this awesome strongman uh, competitions that you've been doing. Um, I you know I've kind of when we once we scheduled this interview, I've kind of been watching some YouTube videos on on what they you know how these go off and and it, it seems amazing man like what you because I, I remember on espn here in the united states like back you know when i was a kid they used to play the the strongman competition you see you know these guys pulling a truck like a huge truck with a rope or whatever and and just all these like crazy uh crazy competitions so um i i guess i got from the youtube videos they have a seated and a standing division for um for d- the disabled uh athletes um you know what so from uh from the seating or seated uh division what what i guess events are you guys uh, participating in um how does it all work you know give us kind of an overview so um so for example i'm uh s1 which is um basically my disability only affects my lower limbs um you've got s2 which will be um people who have lower limb uh, issues but will also have some upper body as well so for example there's a few athletes who have cerebral palsy in that category um we've got a few uh we got a girl who's um she's not got her legs and she's missing an arm so she's in she's in s1 as well um then you got a uh, standing standing class one and standing class two and it will be standard class one will be um <clears throat> so you've got like a below knee ampute- uh, amputation or you've got something like um functional neurological disorder so something which will will still deem you as disabled but um you know you're able to balance well you're able to when you pick up weight you're able to hold it on your legs without fear of it buckling um and then uh there's um I can't remember the name of it, but there's classes for um, for uh, like below elbow amputees and above elbow amputees. Um, so yeah, it's there's a huge mix of athletes, and there's people from all backgrounds as well. So you got myself, who I've kind of fallen into it. Um, you've got other ones who are ex-military. There's a lot of ex-military who will compete in the sport. You know, that that's it, it's so cool i had never i'd never realized you know i just kind of found out about crossfit um you know adaptive crossfit stuff and uh yeah like this is this is pretty pretty amazing though the um the strongman competitions that they're they're doing as well so you know yeah i, I how many like events are there in a competition like what yeah what is when you when you show up on whatever you know on the weekend to to compete in this like what are you doing like how many how many events do you participate in um are there so like in your category are there some people that maybe can't do all of the events so they like just uh you know do the ones they can 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 participate in like how, how does that all work so um at the moment each competition I've done, we've only done about five events. It's usually three events on the first day and two events on the second day. Um, and they'll generally do the heaviest events um, first and last. So it's not like too much toll uh, throughout the whole weekend. Um, but yeah, there's, um, so for example, in my first competition, which was Britain's 2022, 
um the our first event was a 400k deadlift for reps and um there were two athletes in my category who um opted out of that event um so there's whenever whenever the competition's on there's no pressure to do the event but there's a very, there's very much a thing of even if you lift one one rep you earn one point in that thing if you don't compete it is a automatic zero point scored in that event okay gotcha gotcha so if you participate yeah i got it so if you participate in all the events you're going to score some points just uh yeah. but if you have to opt out then you you get a zero for that one got it um yeah yeah so so 2022 the the i guess the britain's uh strongman uh disabled competition was your first first go at it and yeah. um and then you i guess you upgrade you went moved up from fifth to fourth this year um yeah. and and i know you're trying to uh i know you have a go fund me set up to try to to raise some money to get to the world championships in orlando in september um you know talk about yeah i'll 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 uh i'll link that to the show notes so that people can go check it out but yeah i mean just talk about what that would mean to you to to get to orlando to get to go because you, you're qualified already correct yeah yeah i um i won a wild card um last year um and then uh magna the magnuson um who was uh he's an iceland he's an icelandic strongman athlete and he was actually four-time world strongest man uh, he's he's been he's set this game these games up, so my qualification moved from uh, the the world's strongest to the adapted strength strongest. So I've already qualified, um, all raring to go. Um, set up the GoFundMe because since since doing my first deadlift, since discovering strongman um, and like the strongman athletes. So like for example, Brian Shaw as well watching watching them compete on the global stages that was just immediately my goal and um it would just mean so much to it'd be mean so much to just compete at that event yeah that i mean i'm i'm really hoping that you're able to get there man that's uh that's amazing everything that you've uh that you've accomplished up till now and you know hopefully you can continue on with that um I'm glad you uh shouted out Magnus Bur Magnuson. That was uh that was like the guy that was winning all of those uh, competitions back when I when I would see it from time to time on ESPN when I was a kid. So uh very cool. Um and yeah, you know, have you been to the United States before or would this be your first time? Um I went about 10, 15 years ago. Um just on on family holiday to Disneyland. Um, oh. and, um, my brother actually lives out in California. So, oh, nice. um, so yeah, uh, there's definitely, definitely no, no, uh, a lot of the stuff in the USA and really looking forward to going over again. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing, man. And we're, we're, we'll, we'll all be rooting for you. And, uh, yeah, you know, Joey Thompson, I I really appreciate you coming on and telling us this story and um, you know, unfortunately, you yeah, these these injuries are so so terrible, man, and affect us all in different ways, but and apparently and now finding out, you know, other ways that you can can actually become paralyzed is is really eye-opening. So, 
um, you know, it sounds like you're making the best of it though. And, and this, uh, the strongman competition is, is awesome. And I'll, I'll definitely be, uh, keeping an eye on that and, and rooting for you in, in Orlando in September. And, um, yeah, man, I can't, can't thank you enough for, for taking some time out of your, your evening over there in, in the UK to, uh, come on the show. Yeah, no awesome. All right. Well, we will, uh, yeah, we'll talk soon and we'll, uh, we'll definitely, uh, update all the listeners on on your uh progress and and anybody out there that can donate definitely go and uh follow the link in the uh in, in the in the show notes there to go uh donate to joey thompson the viking me good is that better all right that was joey thompson uh what an incredible guy the viking aka yeah aka i like that i like that a lot uh yeah and what a what an incredible story yeah just perseverance and you know overcoming these obstacles that have been been thrown at him because i you know it's one thing to you know get shot or get in a car accident or fall off of a ladder and suffer a spinal cord injury but to have like just watch your body deteriorate within you know a few months is insane and to go septic and have all those other health related issues right i mean to overcome those things and then become you know a you know a strongman competitor right it's pretty amazing you know the will and the drive and what was it what did the doctor say what that motivated him there oh what was it what was it you're weak oh yeah i told him he's (laughs) don't be so weak Weak. yeah yeah oh man and that that was his trigger right to motivate motivate him and get him moving I love it. Yeah. So I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. really, yeah. We we're, we're, well, we're wishing him luck in, uh, in the world championships in September in Orlando. Uh, you know, hopefully he, you know, we can help him raise a little bit of money to get out there. Uh, and yeah, get, get him out there and let him, let him go off, man. I can't wait. Yeah. That'll hopefully be exciting. We can, yeah. Hopefully we can find a link or something to watch it, uh, live, uh, I'm sure they they televise everything or you know broadcast everything now one way or another. So I'm sure we can can uh, track that down. So we'll pass that along to everybody once uh, when it's getting a little closer to the time. Um, you know, I I, fe- I thought about it, Ricardo, and I never updated uh, on the. Remember, a few weeks ago we uh, had the bed situation came up. Oh we right, talked about yes. right before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it came up right before we got on the air. So um, bed is good. It uh, was just a caregiver uh, malfunction. Uh, hit the wrong button and locked everything out on the little side rail buttons. So uh, we got that sorted out. But the good news is, is that I have my other bed set up to where I can use that as well without having any trouble hitting the, the remote buttons or anything. So yeah, got a, got a backup now. So silver linings always. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so for those of you that don't know, a couple of weeks ago before our last uh, podcast, uh, Jeremy's bed got all locked up. No, we talked, we talked yeah. about it on the podcast. Yeah, That's we talked why about I it. Yeah. Updates, yeah. So, so um, yeah. So, um, and he had a technician out here. And the technician <laughs> spent two hours on the phone taking videos, whatnot. And uh, said, well, we're going to have to go to headquarters. You know, we're going to have to get to NASA to figure out this space bed. <laughs> And lo and behold, it was one of your caregivers that came mm-hmm. back in that night 
and uh, she goes, well, let's take a look at this. And she solved the problem. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. thanks, Patty. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she she was a lifesaver there. Um, yeah, shout out to all those caregivers out there. Yeah, by the for way. sure, for sure. Yeah. Actually, um, it, it might be. It, it, hopefully, it'll already have happened by the time you hear this. But uh, I'm going to be going on with Tiffany Cooper on her Instagram live at some point in the future. We we've tried to schedule it like four times. We keep running into technical issues and scheduling issues. But uh, we're going to talk about um, like kind of caregivers and dealing with caregivers and you know how they are kind of our lifeblood especially as quadriplegics um you know they keep our, our lives moving and whatnot so we're gonna get on ig live and talk about that a little bit and she should have i think she records them all and posts them on her page so hopefully you can go check that out uh, after after you finish listening to this podcast of course yeah but um, Ricardo, I saw a very cool thing that's been kind of going around um, in the of all the people with dealing with spinal cord issues or different disabilities that I follow uh, online have been posting this uh, clip from like some kind of aviation expo in Europe, I think in Hamburg, Germany, mm-hmm. where Delta and one of their like subsidiary companies is looking at a way to let people stay in their wheelchairs. Oh, yeah, to get I heard on, about that. I'm glad you brought that to up. To get on, yeah. uh, to sit in the plane and not have to get out of your chair, which would be awesome. Anthony, we're going to a F1 race next year If that, as soon as they get these things put in, man. Yeah, um, yeah, they, so. yeah. so, um, yeah, they were going to uh, make uh, accommodations so uh, and even train personnel, they were right, saying. Right, to help you to get help in people. and out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked very cool. I, I was... I had a couple of questions. I, I reached out to the to the original person that posted. Uh, you know, I went back and, and figured out who it was that, that this originally came from, and uh, I think it might even be the guy in the video. To I want to just find out, like, because I have a few questions. Like, it looked like you're up against like a flat back, so I don't know if you have to be completely sitting upright in your chair if you're able to tilt back throughout the flight or what the the case may be. So. Um, I, I do want to find out a few things about this, and hopefully we can get yeah get this gentleman on the show. Yeah, one of the things that uh, the um, I think I we heard it on NPR was there was a, a a large number, and I don't remember the number, so I won't make up a number. But it was a, a to me at the time when I heard it was that there's a large number of people that are disabled that go traveling, and then they have these people that come in and help get them on the plane. And because a lot of people, like in your case, can't feel anything, become injured in those transfers. Yeah. And when they arrive at the destination, they end up having to go to emergency rooms because they have broken backs or broken bones. Right. You know, in their feet or in their legs. And it was like, what? I was shocked. Well, yeah, I was you so just shocked. Because, you know, they say because the seats are not designed for people with disabilities. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And that's the thing that gets me is that you would think that this would have, I mean, with, with all the, I don't know if you would even call it lawsuits, but, you know, with them having to reimburse people for, you hear horror stories about people's, you know, $30,000 wheelchairs being destroyed or parts breaking off of them or whatever the case may be, that you would think that it would be more than worth it for 
these airlines to to invest in like let's figure out a way to let people stay in their wheelchairs on the plane so we don't have to screw around with yeah like people getting injured and suing us yeah or people you know having their wheelchairs damaged and you know us having to reimburse them for these things that they can't go without like it just it makes too much sense yeah well it's crazy to think that um the wheelchair wouldn't get broken because yours got broken just being in the hospital right right and it was right outside your room. right yeah so yeah Yeah. it got got smashed pretty good so Yeah. yeah um yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah. But shout out to Delta for you know being a catalyst in this whole thing. I mean, it's a, it's about damn time. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I don't want to let them off the hook for taking about thirty years too long to to yeah. start investing in this. But thank God they are. So yeah, I think it. I think there was a component on there um, somewhere in the article that was also because there's a large number of uh, disabled veterans now too. Right, and uh, they want to, you know somebody's been advocating for them so well that's good yeah salute those guys as well so um the other thing i want to talk about ricardo i haven't tried them yet but i was finally able to get uh lock down a couple of these chocolate bars that are uh, medicinal mushroom oh the shroom Uh, bars yeah yeah they're for uh they're for uh microdosing so i guess you're, you're not gonna get super high off of it um let me know if you start feeling something though okay okay uh, I will. i'm just kidding no, I will. Uh, no ricardo hasn't tried one yet either but i'm excited to try one um i noticed that you had an extra security door <laughs> on your room oh, <laughs> so turning it into a safe room just in yeah, case it gets too case, trippy right <laughs> now i heard you don't uh yeah, the, the the person I got them from said you don't really, unless you eat like half of a bar, you're not going to feel any kind of effects like that. So, yeah. um, but I, you know, I just uh, keep hearing, I know, uh, is it Devin Colbert, um, who we had on a while back, uh, he was advocating for uh, th- that he thinks these mushrooms are the key to everything with healing a spinal cord. So, um because they reconnect, you know, the the different uh, signals going from yeah. your brain to your yep. to your spinal cord, things like that. Um, well, there was some. So I'm excited to try. There's a, there's a lot of research in uh, mushrooms recently, and um, you know, uh, you know, your aunt Gina and I look into uh, different recipes with veggies, and mushrooms are mm-hmm. really becoming much more of a thing. And uh, the more I look into it, there's more ancient. Uh, Chinese recipes, you know, right? <laughs> that have that stuff in there, and so I'm thinking that, uh, um, you know, there's probably some medicinal mushrooms out there that you know people have been using for a long time that we we're not even aware of. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I've heard of from a few people. I think Jesse Trackum too, or I forget how to pronounce her last name, uh, out in North Carolina. She talks about that she does them like once every few months just to kind of yeah for healing purposes and um so I, i'm excited kind of reset to try the nervous out. system yeah, a little reset bit yeah things yeah uh, I'm, I'm super excited to try them i heard you spasm quite a bit though like people that um have have are dealing with spinal cord injuries because i don't know it's 
maybe it's trying to fire through to your yeah it does yeah yeah. so um yeah i can't wait to try it i definitely will report back to everybody after uh well it's a stimulant to your nervous system so yeah 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 so i'm I'm excited to see how it goes and we'll report back in the next episode well let me finish this hot cocoa and (laughs) i'll get back to you well uh hey we want to just thank uh joey thompson one more time the viking uh we'll post all of his uh socials and whatnot so that you guys can go check him out hopefully donate to his uh trip to get out here to to orlando and you know good luck to him in the in the world strongman competition definitely and yeah we will be back next week and i'm looking forward to it ricardo maybe brandon will even be here oh that'd be great if not we'll (laughs) drag anthony into it there we go there we go all right till next time guys if you could like rate review share all those good things for this podcast we would appreciate it helps us with algorithms we need some some reviews so get at us thanks so much thank you